Thank you for joining me. My name is Pastor Rick. I am the senior pastor of At The Well. We are an international prophetic ministry. Thank you for this week's uh, teaching on a specific understanding. This is the part two. Remember last week we spoke about conformity and transformation. That was part one. This is conformity and transformation, part two. So to just uh, recap a little, uh, we were basing all of this on Romans chapter 12, verse 2, and we were going line by line where the Word of God says, do not be conformed to this world uh, any longer with its superficial values and customs. So we're, we're reading and we're studying off the Amplified. What exactly is the Word of God saying to us? Well, it's automatically it's saying to you, you were, you were or are a part of the world, and what it is trying to um, uh, kind of enforce or reinforce within the Christian or the new Christian is there has to be a separation from the world in order to say, okay, this is the way I used to be, but this is the way I'm, I'm changing into something. So the Word of God is saying you can no longer be conformed to what made you comfortable. Well, what is, what is the definition of conformity? Well, we we, we, we researched that, and, and that in itself is a fashion, a fashion of self according to some external thing. Uh, and uh, we provided the Greek word, which is skuskomatizo, uh, and that simply means that you are conforming to something, you are being turned into something that God does not want you to be turned into. It's an, uh, it's an external compression inwards to become what the world wants you to become. So this is a warning. Uh, this verse, the beginning of the verse, we're just barely getting into this. We're barely uh, broaching the subject. But this is a warning to you and to me and to the world that the God, the Lord God does not want you to be like the world. So we look at Romans chapter 8, verse 9. And the Bible, again, reinforces that. However, you are not living in the flesh, controlled by the sinful nature. So there is an expectation that we are not to live in the flesh. I'm speaking to the believer, but I'm speaking also to those who are considering uh, the, the blood of Jesus in their lives. They're looking for, this is something to be expected. So that God is saying, uh, you're not living in the flesh, but you're controlled by, uh, because if you are, you're controlled by the sinful nature. But, the, but God wants you to be in the spirit Spirit, uh, if in fact the Spirit of God lives in you, that's what the Bible is saying. So you can say what you want, you can call yourself whatever you want. Uh, but if the Spirit of the of God lives in you, and the Amplified says it's it's living in its direction by the Holy Spirit, and it's in guidance from the Holy Spirit. And it goes on further. It says, but if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, and there are a lot of people who, who do not have the Spirit of Christ. Spirit of Christ has uh, been offered to them. They've rejected it or tried it for a season. But the Bible goes on to continue that he does not belong to him. Or in other words, he is not a child of God. Ouch. That is one scary concept. And this is why we have to constantly monitor, constantly look at our uh, interaction with the world so that we what? Uh, Romans chapter 2, verse 2. Uh, do not be conformed uh, by the world. We're not being 
conformed into something. We know what we're supposed to be, but we also know what we're not supposed to be any longer. Uh, so we're not going to allow any external pressure to make uh, us into something that we are not supposed to be. We can even look at uh, Colossians 1.10, uh, and that, again, reinforces the Word of God. The Word of God reinforces the Word of God, however you look at it. The Holy Spirit said every verse in the Word of God uh, is it, it needs uh, the, uh, the continuance, uh, a connection to another verse. In other words, there are no standalone verses. Uh, you have to become something, and there, there's an expectation of something, and there's the, re, the uh, reinforcement of something, uh, but there is always a connection from one verse to the next. And so there's a theme in that whole Word of God, and that is salvation. Now, salvation was made for us. Uh, it was given to us, uh, but there's still something that's expected of us. Uh, there, there's We have to opt to select it. We have to opt to put that on us. We also have to opt to uh, work within it. And God's not going to make us uh, work within it. See, this is the part where we, a lot of people will say, okay, once saved, always saved. No, once saved, not always saved. You can actually uh, do harm to your spiritual self by that theology. That's a very dangerous uh, theology. But let, let's look at Colossians chapter 1, uh, verse 10, as it, it relates to uh, conformity and transformation. The, the Word of God says, so that you will walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, displaying admirable character, moral courage, and personal integrity. Now, we look at the opposite of that, because without, if we are conformed and without transformation, there is no way that we will be able to walk in a manner that is worthy of the Lord. We continue in our old self. Our old self, let's put it this way, our old self being conformed to the world is walking in a manner that is not worthy of the Lord. It's walking in the manner of the world, in the secular, in the natural, in the, the flesh. And so the Bible continues, and he breaks that. The Word of God breaks that up. And so, well, what exactly is a, a manner worthy of the Lord? Well, he says it all right here. Displaying admirable character. In order to display admirable character, admirable character, you have to be within the Word of God, and you are filled with it in order for it to be displayed. You can't fake admirable character. It is within. We'll be able to discern. This is where discernment comes in. We'll be able to discern those that are fake. Uh, there are fake good people, uh, but these are displaying admirable character. Uh, moral courage is, is something that uh, mankind is vacant of. Because uh, mankind has opted for a relative truth, a truth that is relative only to himself or herself or her cultural uh, position at the time. Moral courage and personal integrity, you can't fake personal integrity. You either have it or you don't. And the Bible co goes on and says, to fully please him. So there are, uh, uh, let's say, a gradient here. Uh, we're not all going to partially please the Lord. We're not going to a little bit please the Lord. The expectation is that through nonconformity and through continual transformation, this is the expectation that God has. This is divine. This is this is you. This is the, a divine expectation that God has for uh, for His creation that we would fully please Him in all things, bearing fruit in every good work 
and steadily growing. Here it comes, steadily growing in the knowledge of God with deeper, clearer insight and fervent love for his precepts. We're not here to partially love God. We're here to fully love God. You can't fully love God as his expectation of his creation is until you are no longer conforming to the world and that you are now changing. You're not changing yourself. The, the, the miraculous divine expectation is that the Spirit of God begins this internal process as you walk spiritually with the Lord. And everything that comes afterwards in this, remember, while we are in this skin suit, it is, uh, we're never going to reach the end of it until we stand in glory. So this is a continual work with God. And it's in the expectation God has. He said, because I want you to go deeper with me. I want you to have deeper faith, not just an average faith. I want you to have clear insight, not a fogged worldly insight. And I want you to have a love for the things that I, uh, th that I deem holy and important, those precepts. I want you to accept them, not question them, not author them not give them second place in your life. Uh, and, and so we're understanding that God is required, or I should say expecting us to also mirror a divine expectation, uh, his divine expectation within us. Now, this, uh, this verse okay, is, is a setting the stage for a larger, far-reaching perspective. God wants you to have this internal uh, vision. Don't worry about anybody else. Don't worry about the those to the left and to the right. This is about you and God. This that's it. Uh, if you can't get beyond this, then you you've inserted something that's still uh, worldly. Uh, so you're still conforming to the world. This is between you and God. No man can tell you different. No no teacher, uh, no pastor can can, can t teach you different than what it what it says right now. This is about you and God and your either inability or your ability to change into something that God has, has, uh, has a divine expectation uh, for you. And now, Romans 12, 2 continues, and it says, but be transformed and progressively changed as you mature spiritually. Uh, so uh, transformed uh, simply means, um, we, we can best look at it at the Greek word metamorpho. It's where we get the word metamorphosis. Uh, the simplest uh, most concise uh, kind of description I can say is that when a butterfly goes into that cocoon state, uh, he goes in one way, and when the, the time has passed and when the time is right, uh, then he exits or she has, uh, exits uh, completely changed into something that it was didn't start off as that, uh, but the metamorphosis came in and it be, it became something that it wasn't. This is what God is expecting of you and I. The change that is expected is connected to spiritual maturity. Now, the best thing I can say is if you're doing the same old thing that you did the previous season, you haven't matured spiritually. You can look at yourself. This is all about yourself. It's about looking at us. And if you can see something that needs to be changed, it must be addressed spiritually within ourselves and changed. If we persist uh, if we continue in the old ways, then we simply look back and say, 
Romans 12, 2, I've not paid attention to, uh, and I'm still kind of conforming to the world. Now, we get, we get kind of um, sly with this. So what we're doing is we're, we're trying to balance God, and we're trying to balance the world, and that is impossible. Second uh, Corinthians uh, chapter 3, verse 18, uh, it says, and, and we all will, un with unveiled face, continually seeing in as a mirror the glory of the Lord, are progressively being transformed into his image from one degree of glory to even more glory, which comes from the Lord. But I want you to, to, to go back a little bit, and it says, in conjunction with Romans 12, 2, this is, this is all what Romans 12, 2 is, is really kind of just showing at us, progressively being transformed. We need to be uh, see a progression of change. And we can see that. We, you know when you're changing for the good. You also know when you're changing for the bad. The problem is we don't pay attention to the changing for the bad, and we very rarely, and it's the expectation, is for God, if you're transforming into something new, you know you're, you're not the same. And this is what God is expecting us. And as we go on to the, rather, the rest of that verse, is by the renewing of your mind. How are you going to leave conformity how are you going to leave tradition? How are you going to leave the mechanics of a faith and move on to something that is the expectation of the Lord, which is really simple. It's just transformation. Now let the Lord, let the Holy Spirit touch your heart, and you will be changed forever. Ignore it, and you're still at the same place. But how do I, how do, I do that? Well, very simply put, it's by the renewing of our mind. As we had discussed previously, that word uh, in the Greek is anachinosis, and that simply means uh, a renovation. Wow. The, who knew that uh, the, the reno is back? Uh, the popular word is reno. What do people do when they buy an old house? It's construction things on TV, and they show people who flip homes. What do they do? They buy the house, and they don't sell the house the way it is. They don't sell the structure as an old structure. They take it apart to see where it needs work, see where it needs attention and, and some care, and they renovate it into something that it did not start off as that, but they're renovating it to something else. That, that's what renewing, renewing the mind means. If, if we say it's just you know changing and it's, it's something new, it's not the old. No, that, that is really minimizing what the renewing of your mind is. Your mind is the old structure. So just take a look at it that way. Your mind is the old structure that God can no longer use. That old edifice in the, in the center of a lot can't use that anymore. But he's, there's still purpose within it. It's, it's still, it had its heyday, uh, but there's still purpose. God's purpose for you never goes away. It just gets blurred. The vision gets blurred as we enter the world and we conform to the world because everyone has that um, opportunity to conform to the world. And it has happened to a quite, quite a few people. But that's not the end of the will of God and the plan of God for your life. It just means that you have to take the structure apart, the old home, save the parts that might be polished up later on, the little shiny knobs and the handles. Uh, maybe one wall will, will remain, but the overall structure will change. It'll change into something that God has always expected it uh, to be. So 
the tearing down of the present condition, which is which is the old, it's there to make room for the expected condi- condition, and that is new. Uh, as you leave the old, it can never it can never come back because you've been forever changed, and that is the expectation that God has for you and for I. So we we, we continue with uh, Romans twelve two. And what is the purpose of all that? I mean, you know, we, we've gone over what we spoke about last week, but, you know, really, what is the purpose of that? And so we continue with, so that you may prove for yourselves what the will of God is. Uh, too many Christians go from one place to the next, never really knowing what the will of God is for them. They say, God sent me here, but in reality, God never sent them there. Uh, And so, as, and that is still conformity. We call ourselves something. Here it is. We call ourselves something, but there is no fruit in in what we're calling ourselves. We, We might see some good works that we do here and there, but that has nothing to do with change. You can still be a rotten old spiritual person and be conformed to the world, and you can tell everybody you've been changing. The, 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 the Lord has touched you. The Holy Spirit has touched you. But by, your, by the, your, uh, your works, by the proof, there is no proof. It, it, it's nothing there. You're still the same person, and God is changing. He, ex- he, he wants that, that expectation of God is that you, you be changed, and you will, you will prove that change. And you will, uh, the proof will be in how you live your life. And then how you live your life, you will understand, ah, the, the, the God has something for me to do. And, and I'm not going to rush into it, but I'm going to do it. Uh, and so the renovation, this renovation project of us, uh, has a direct purpose. And that is to prove to one they are moving in the right God-directed or God-expected direction. Not all directions, they may look good, but they not, it may not be what God has for you. It may not be for the plan of God. It's the will of God that you be victorious. That's without a doubt. But as God is leading you, his plan has to lead you. You have to go to that place. You have to you have to meet him at that place, not uh, you, you know not force him into that place because it, it's never going to work. Uh, many Christians say, "Well, God told me this, God told me that," and when they get to that place, they find out it's not from God because they have no fruit. And if it's not bi- a biblical uh, move or a biblical uh, exercise, you're you're, you're just going to find yourself in a new place with a bunch of different faces. And you're still conformed to religion. You're doing the same old thing that you've always done, moving from church to church. This is where we get this. This is this still part of, of, of being conformed to the world. You can be conformed to the world, and you can be conformed right into a religious exercise that has never changed since you found the Lord or you know, since you received salvation. And, and then even then. We simply read a scripture that says, if you're staying the same old, uh, then your your the love uh, or the Father is not in you, uh, and and so we have to look at ourselves uh, deeply. We have to t- look at look in the vessel that we are. 
and, and see if the change uh, is leading to the, the transformation, us, our departure from the world should uh, kind of introduce us and move us and progressively move us towards spiritual maturity. And when I say spiritual maturity, I'm going to go a little bit further than that, but I want to I read the, the last part of this scripture. And that, that scripture reads, that which is good and acceptable and perfect, here it is once again, in his plan and purpose for you. It is not for you to say, this is God's plan for me. It is God's plan for you. You agree with it. You may not like it in the season, but you need to agree with it. And your maturity, the level of your maturity, actually is depicted on your response. If you respond negatively, then you can go back to, you're still conformed to the world because you don't like to, what? Uh, be obedient. You don't like submission. I don't, you know, I don't, uh, I, I don't, um, you know, we can blame it on man all day long, but God has structures for you. He has the fivefold ministry. Uh, and, and so that always has a kind of a genesis in itself. Maybe we had a poor relationship with our parents and we're transferring it to God. Maybe I have poor relationships with men or women. I'm transferring that on to God and I can't get stabilized in my faith. That means I'm still conforming to the world. And so as God is leading you to that which is good and acceptable, you are going to agree with it, and perfect because it belongs to God, it came from God, and it was authored by God. The renovation that comes from the transformation process and the manifestation of this change in one's life provides clarity in purpose and plan, okay? So in other words, um, if I'm agreeing with God, I'm letting God do all the talking. I'm not interrupting this spiritual dialogue between God and I. That's showing some spiritual maturity. If I'm, uh, you know, kind of transposing my desires on God, my urgency in a situation on God, then the next step will be, which is attached to conformity, is I am still the same old person. I'm trying to direct the footsteps of God, and I'm telling everyone and even telling myself that it, this is the direction for me to go. No, it, the clarity in purpose comes through real, authentic transformation. There are lots of degrees. We could be here forever uh, labeling all the degrees of conformity. In fact, we'll, we'll close out with, with a few of these. Uh, there are obstacles that, that one must hurdle. Uh, conformity. Conformity being obstacle number one. God does not want us to be, uh, you, you know, in conformity. He does not want us to be like everybody else because we are not like everybody else. Uh, obstacle two is the culture. Uh, succumbing to the pressures of the dominant culture. Uh, I want you to say this. I don't say this. Don't, you can't say that. Uh, Holy Spirit, no. Holy Spirit, yes. Um, and, and so we end up quieting uh, our uh, speech. We start questioning our faith and our practices. Uh, obstacle number three, comfort zones. Uh, in other words, sharing the gospel is too uncomfortable. I'm kind of embarrassed. I, you know, I, I really don't speak 
uh, you know, I can't do that. I, I'm uncomfortable with that. I like being in comfortable places. That that simply means we're still conforming to the world. You can't you can't balance both, but one is is presiding over the other. Uh, obstacle four: concealment. I'm hiding the presence of the gospel within me. I don't really talk about it. I don't really show it. Uh, I don't want to be labeled as a, a religious fanatic. Oh, heaven forbid the way society is going now. I don't want to be labeled a Christian or a, a labeled with anything that has the word Jesus attached to it, because this is the, the nature of conformity. Jesus never conformed. In fact, he was against conformity. He brought, uh, you know, this anti-conformity uh, atmosphere wherever he went. Um, obstacle number five, containment. I refuse to preach the gospel because not only uh, am I concealing it, not only does it make me uncomfortable, not only can I not speak it among my family members at, din at dinner time, even though my kids roll their eyes, I don't want to speak anything anymore. And so we conform to the external pressures, and there are more than just five. They are a, a, a world full of them. Uh, and, and to summarize all of this, there's a summary of obstacles. If you're still doing the same thing, then you have not been transformed. If you find yourself looking for, you know, the flamboyant worship with the smoke and the lights and the jumping, uh, you're still conformed because that's the world. Nowhere, nowhere is that biblical. Worship needs to come from the heart. You need to worship in spirit and truth, not in loudness of speaker and amplified light. This is a deep and personal relationship with God. But if I'm still looking for the, the church with the most people in it and the make me feel good, don't talk about the hot topics that are, Christians are dealing with or what the Bible deals with in the conditions of man and sin and perversion and addictions and witchcraft and the occult, because I don't want, you know, the, the church doesn't want to offend uh, the tithe and offering giver, then the church and the person, the individual, is still conformed to the world. More biblical schooling. A lot of people are going after more biblical schooling. That, that's not transformation. Uh, it's got to be a spiritual change. Transformation is not how much you know uh, about theology. Transformation is not how much homework or what, what responses or what grades you, you got in theology or divinity class. Uh, it must be a spiritual change. You can be the same old nasty person and go to Bible school, but the Lord wants you through transformation to change into this new thing and by the renewing of your mind. Reading the Word of God doesn't even uh, uh, come to that. It needs to be introduced into your mind and to your heart as, as a hunger for the Word in order for it to renew your mind and bring forth that spiritual uh, renovation. And then finally, uh, as I had mentioned, true transformation. It starts in the mind and not the physical body. The distance you travel to a church, that's not transformation. The activities you do at the church are not transformation. Uh, the ministries that you support uh, within the, the church itself, painting the church, vacuuming, those are not transformation. True transformation starts in the mind. 
the renewing of your mind, the renovation of what is old. Your mind is old. No longer, God does not want your mind to be old. So he's bringing you Romans 12 too. He's shedding light on conformity so you can see what that looks like and transformation, bringing forth that change that God has always expected from you. Thank you for joining me this evening. My name is Pastor Rick. God bless you.